Welcome to the Rest and Recovery Podcast. This is a podcast on life's most effective healing tools, rest and recovery, through expert advice, wellness methods, and self-care. Hello, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening. And before we jump into this next episode, I wanted to share with you the release of my first and of many courses, and this is a free one, and it's based on sleep. As you know, this whole podcast is rooted in my own historical challenges with sleep and decided to learn more about it. And I've put together the beginnings of a number of things that will be coming out this year and in the future. And this first one is free, and it's Your Best Sleep Blueprint. And it's a great framework to get you started to launch into reclaiming your sleep and reclaiming your health. Uh, This will be a great Kickstarter, and uh, I hope you enjoy it. Please check out bestsleepblueprint.com. That's bestsleepblueprint.com. It's free, and I would encourage you to join in. It's just eight videos, and share it far and wide because there are a lot of people out there struggling with sleep, and I would love to be able to help serve them in some way. So thank you for listening, and enjoy this nest episode. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. With me is Dr. Mindy Pels. Uh, she is a holistic health expert, in, especially in the, the realm of fasting, intermittent fasting, women's health, uh, author, two times author, I think. If that's well, actually four. Four, four times, yeah. Congratulations. That's awesome. Uh, I guess your most recent book is Eat Like a Girl. Is that correct? Fast Like a Girl. Fast Like a Girl. I apologize. Yeah, no worries. I've written that that down wrong. But uh, excited that, you know, as we were talking offline, a couple of acquaintances and friends in common in the health and biohacking space. And um, I've seen you around for a while and and really interested to get into intermittent fasting and, and the benefits uh, that seem to be growing uh, more and more as we learn how to understand it, but also how to do it well. Uh, and then the impacts on men and women is, is a little different and how to go about that is really different. Yeah. Um, but how'd you get into this? I mean, you're, doctor, you've been in the health space for a minute. What's yeah. your background and how you came to this conclusion with maybe specifically on intermittent fasting, that evolution? Yeah. So, um, my, I've been involved in obsessed, maybe is a good way to say it with the human body and health since I was young. You know, I, when I was 16 years old, I was trying different health strategies on myself. Um, and when I was in college, I was a competitive, uh, tennis player and I got my undergraduate degree in exercise physiology and nutrition and went out into the world, thought I wanted to be like a personal trainer and help people become fit and um, found that I was really had a passion for holistic health in general. So I went off to chiropractic school um, and came out of that, launched a very big practice, family practice here in Silicon Valley. And the first 10 years of my practice, um, it was really impressive how 
you could do straight structural work on people. You could, you could adjust them. You could do muscle work on them. You could give them rehab exercises and they would get well. Right. But about 10 years into my practice, something changed. They stopped healing as quickly. Hmm. And so I started to lean into my nutritional roots a little more to see exactly why people were not getting this same healing effect that they got 10 years prior. And what I found is about that time, we were seeing the introduction of glyphosate into uh, our food system. We had, you know, more processed foods. We were pretty much at that point, about 20 years into the low fat movement that was became high chemical foods for people. And I just got really clear that we needed to start to make better food changes. And at that time, there was a lot of discussion about wheat belly had just come out, Um, and there was a lot of discussion about the new type of wheat that was being grown. And so people were looking at food, but I really started to discover the science of fasting, Mm -hmm. um, in a deep way. Dr. Osumi had just won a Nobel prize in medicine and physiology, um, for a term called autophagy, which really is the body's ability to heal itself without food. And so I became obsessed with the science of fasting and I applied it to my patients. I applied it to myself. I took it to social media. And what I saw within a very short period of time is that there literally is never been such a good tool for healing and health and metabolic health um, like fasting. And so my obsession has just grown since then. Okay. Well, it's, it's pretty fascinating and I'm, I'm, you know, recent to my understanding, I've always heard of fasting, but more from a spiritual perspective, right? Mm-hmm. I grew up a Christian and you've heard of things like that and many other right. foods include that from a spiritual perspective, but not really understanding, you know, the physiological benefit to that as well. Uh, but it, I didn't realize that autophagy was kind of a more recent discovery, I guess you could say, or understanding. Yeah, so autophagy, 2015, Dr. Osumi won the Nobel Prize in Medicine and Physiology. So um, that it's less than 10 years, right, um, that we have seen, we've known of this concept. He had been studying it for years, but he had finally figured out that um, when you go without food, the cells will turn within and they will repair themselves. So if we just stay on this concept for a moment, because it's so sure. important, Um, autophagy is like turning on a cellular healing switch and there are ways we can turn it on. We, we tap into autophagy when we sleep, we tap into autophagy when we exercise, but really the greatest way to tap into autophagy is through fasting. Okay. And what the intelligence of the cells does is that it looks around at this inside of the cell and it says, okay, there's no nutrients, there's no food coming into the cell. So we better kick out the things that aren't working in the cell. Let's get rid of the bad parts of the cell. Let's get rid of the viruses. Let's get rid of the bacteria and let's repair what we can repair. That's amazing. Like, amazing, right? Like if you yeah. think about that, like- Yeah, it just comes on its own. Yeah, we, you don't have to take a supplement. You don't have to do it. Like there is an intelligence in your cells that will figure that out. So, and and that's what he got the Nobel prize for. But here's the crazy thing is that then the pharmaceutical industry tried to come up with a pill that would stimulate autophagy. 
and they couldn't. So it kind of got buried. This concept of autophagy got buried until the biohacking movement, the health movement brought it back okay. and said, hey, this is a core principle of fasting and why fasting is working so well. So it's it's really profound what our body does in the absence of food, but autophagy is one of my favorite concepts to highlight because you can literally grow your body stronger year after year by bringing in this concept of intermittent fasting. You don't have to fast long to get autophagy. So what is the the time frame to get to autophagy in is it simply omission of food? Is it yeah, it's so, so there, yeah, so there's two pieces to <clears throat> autophagy. First is you've got to have your blood sugar either stay the same for an extended period of time or start to decline for a, a period of time. So okay. basically, you cannot have your blood sugar rise. And the time period, it's high, it's debated often, but what I've seen in the research is it's autophagy gets turned on at 17 hours. And it hits max at 72 hours without your blood sugar rising. Okay. Now there's another part of this, and this is sort of advanced autophagy lesson here, which is you can't have nutrients come in. So that remember you're trying to signal to the cell, hey, we need to repair ourselves. So the only way to signal that is through the glucose not rising and nutrients not being sensed. So this is the same thing if people take supplements in their fasting window, if there's a right. lot of talk about minerals and aminos, I still think they can be great in the fasting window, but they may pull you out of autophagy because the nutrients will be signaled by the cell and you may not get as much of that repair. Okay. So really to get into straight autophagy, really at best water. That's about straight it. water. Yeah, you got it. Straight water and go 17 hours um, and, okay. and, and see how you do. Okay. What are some of the experience expectations that could come along with that other than probably the obvious of like some hunger pains and like the, the trigger of like wanting to pick up that burger? Yeah. Well, let's talk about the benefits first. Like when you yeah. stimulate, yeah. when you stimulate autophagy, we have <laughs> to remember that every cell in our body has a life cycle. So like the eyes, those is, is a matter of days where the cells are living and then dying. Um, I think the liver, it's a matter of a couple of months, um, you know, on a cellular level, we, the whole entire body re, uh, reboots itself within seven years where old cells are sloughed off and new cells are coming on. Okay. So, um, what happens as we age is we start to create what we call senescent cells. Um, and senescent cells are dysfunctional cells, aging cells. Okay. And they live and die quicker and they accelerate aging the more senescent cells we have. So when we stimulate autophagy, what we're doing is we're getting rid of these aging cells. So what you will notice over time is literally you will age slower. I have been um, I have been doing fasting almost ten years now because uh, I learned about so let's see it's 2023 we've or you know we're we're got we're coming on 2023 we've got um, we're start we're you know so a little less than ten years yeah and I will tell you that my energy is better now at 53 than it was at 43 wow. and a large part of that is just because of the continual tapping into autophagy to get rid of the old cells. So 
you'll you'll slow down the aging process. Um, the other thing is that we're seeing a major immune boost. Hello, everyone. I am really excited to introduce uh, my sponsor, Bio Optimizers. If you're not familiar with them, they make some of the highest quality grade supplemental products out there. Um, being my, uh, honestly, my first sponsorship, um, I didn't want to put anything out there that I didn't try, use, uh, or get behind. And um, I'm really excited that, that they've just released their new and improved formula for Magnesium Breakthrough which is the most powerful magnesium supplement on the market today. And if you know anything about magnesium, it's a critical mineral for our health and is a precursor to quality rest to help produce melatonin. And so using this new fourth generation formula, Magnesium Breakthrough, uh, it's potent, it's effective, and it will help reduce your stress, improve sleep, and overall boost your energy levels. So uh, I've already taken this, as I mentioned before and you'll want to try this i mean it's it's uh i've given a number of them out for free to friends uh and they've really enjoyed it so if you've never tried it before now's the time to do it uh you can use the code rest 10 at checkout again rest r-e-s-t 10 at checkout in every bottle of magnesium you'll get seven unique form forms of organic full spectrum magnesium which is can dramatically improve your health as I mentioned, it can help you sleep longer and deeper, reduce your stress levels, and help you feel calm. And if you give give you abundant all-day energy to win at life. And as you know, that's ultimately in line with the vision of this podcast is to live this one life well to, through rest and recovery. And nothing uh, is going to help much more than magnesium breakthrough. So check it out. Again, rest 10 R-E-S-T-10. With autophagy, when you stimulate autophagy. Now, this is really cool. And I was screaming yeah. about this during COVID, but you know, only the people following me were hearing it. But when uh, a virus comes into a cell that's in a state of autophagy, it shuts down viral replication and that virus can't re replicate itself. Really? Yep. So it's great for the immune system. It's great when you have a cold. It's great for those people that didn't want to get COVID. Um, I I got. It's yeah, like an old like start a fever, feed a cold kind of. Right. Like wh yeah. which is it? Yeah, yeah. It's if starve it, starve. I would say starve a starve a fever, fever and a cold. Yeah. Especially if it's viral. Okay. Because like I when when COVID hit, um, I guess it was last fall. So that would have been. 21. Um, uh, my husband and I both got COVID for a week. And so I played with the principles. I was like, okay, let me eat one day and let me fast one day and let me see how I felt. I feel mm -hmm. on the day I fasted. I like the symptoms by the end of the day, the symptoms, the COVID symptoms were completely gone wow. on the day I ate. I, and I was eating well, I would actually feel more of the cough, more of the head, head cloudiness. I actually felt worse. So um, it's really interesting how we can use it as a, an immune boosting tool as well. Yeah. And, and just the concept of what we're talking about, it makes sense when you explain it, but like the idea is very counterintuitive because, mm. you know, at least to me, well, like you think energy, I need to consume something. Ah, yes. Yes. Right. And, and, and in this case, and even like you would think the cleansing process, I got to put new in to get the old out. Like it's right. like pushing it through. 
But in this case, it's more like you got to give it some time to like think and be like, okay. And then, because our bodies are, as I understand it, are designed for life, right? It's this de- designed to defend ourselves. Yeah. Uh, good, bad, or indifferent at times. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So it's such a good point because here's the thing. And this is why so many people are catching on to fasting or doing it more and more is because it gets easier the more you practice it. I don't know any diet that gets easier the more you do it, you know, especially when people are trying to lose weight. So, and it's because it works within your primal design. So in Fast Like a Girl, I highlight a hypothesis that um, isn't talked about enough and it's called the thrifty gene hypothesis. And the idea was if we go back to the cave person day, um, in order for us to survive the harsh, harsh conditions of going long periods without food, there was a genetic expression that, um, that had to emerge. And if you had this gene that allowed you to go a long period without food and actually make something called ketones in the absence of food, you survived those primal days. And the people who perished in those days didn't survive. And so that genetic that thrifty gene did not get, it didn't continue. It's the gene that continued throughout, uh, you know, the, the history of humanity. Okay. So right now there's a belief that we have this gene, all humans have it in us and we're doing the opposite. The people that are eating all day long are going against their genetic expression and are creating what we know as metabolic syndrome. Whereas in the primal days, the people that didn't survive were the ones that didn't have the gene and couldn't fast. We're seeing that right now that we're going against our genetic expression by eating all day long and it's killing us. So we are made to fast, which is why it gets easier. So how, how do you do it well? Because, you know, I'm guessing too, I guess it depends on the state of the person, um, where they are and the goals, if it's weight loss or just improved enhancements or like, cause I would think if somebody's already kind of leaner, they might think, okay, fasting's not for me. Cause that's somebody who needs to, to lose weight or yeah. is that a, so, so the important thing to know is that fasting is not calorie restriction. Okay. It is time restriction. So here's how you, how you look at it. When most people get up in the morning and then they eat, um, They'll, they'll eat in the, you know, breakfast and then they keep eating throughout the day and then they eat dinner at like eight or nine o'clock and then they sleep. So they're really only fasting while they're sleeping seven, six, six to nine hours somewhere in, in that uh, time period. So what we do is we start to tell people, okay, what we want to do is take your eating window and compress it. So instead of getting up and thinking, I'm going to eat all day and thinking that breakfast is the most important meal of the day, which is now proving to be completely wrong. And, and I can explain why in a moment. Yeah. I want people to start to think of there is a eating window. So for me, let's use me as an example. Today, it's, it's 10 o'clock my time. I'll be off interviews around noon. So I will open up my eating window at noon. And so from noon till about five, that will be the time in which I eat. After five, I shut that window down and then I don't eat. So I'm I'm eating the same amount I used to when I was eating all day. I'm just doing it in a con- concrete time period, leaving longer for fasting. Okay. Okay. Is that helpful? Yeah, it is. It is. I'm just thinking practically is like, uh, 
is this like adults only? Would you recommend this for kids? Is my first, I, I had my, my dad hat just came on and I'm thinking about that in the mornings and, yeah. you know, and then different lunch times too, when some of these kids will get up and then they're having this very early lunch or whatever, just the scheduling of all that. So the, the thing to remember again is the human body is designed to fast. Okay. So you're not, this is not dieting. This is not rigidity. So let's start there. <laughs> So the, anybody who is, you know, the teenage years and beyond, um, can really do this efficiently. And I, I think for seniors, it's an incredible, I was thinking about you, you said about your dad. I just feel like my, both my parents are in their eighties and they fast. I just feel like it's such a key tool mm. for them. So, um, teenagers is about, about 16, 17 is where I'll, I'll tell parents, like you can start chatting with them about fasting, but Fasting really has to be some, the, the person who's doing it has to be their idea. Yeah. So what I've seen a lot of parents do is they get excited about the concepts of fasting, especially if they have a teenager that's struggling to lose weight. The last thing you want to do is, is make it your decision for that person to fast, or you're going to create eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it's more like, I, I'll give the example of my son when he was in the ninth grade, um, I was like chasing him down the driveway with breakfast, like, Hey, you didn't eat breakfast. This is before I knew much about fasting. Yeah. And, um, he would just sort of brush me off. And then one day I said to him, I'm like, are you not hungry? Like, I noticed you wake up 10 minutes before you have to leave to school. He was a freshman in high school. I'm like, are you not hungry? And he goes, no. I said, okay, well, when are you hungry? He said about 10 o'clock. So we set up, I basically created an eating window for him. I said, okay, at 10 o'clock, you're going to start eating. We have dinner at six. That's your eating window. I just need to make sure you're eating at 10 o'clock. But that was how I fit it into his natural rhythm. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so and it worked. It wor yeah. And he's, he's now in college and he's doing it on his own, you know, and it's, so it's helping kids find their natural sure. rhythm the younger kids, you know, you just have to, you have to be playful about it because, um, again, you don't want to create any food rigidity or eating disorders. I was going to say, and that's the key thing is I think we've been so hammered, uh, with the diet lifestyle and like, it's not, or not, excuse me, diet as a fad or a, or a, just a temporary thing to hit a particular goal rather than a lifestyle of like eating well or eating healthy. Right. And the unfortunate things that come along with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think in the book, I, I, I call it a fasting lifestyle and there are four parts to it. Um, and the number one part to building a fasting lifestyle is knowing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Like what, what is it you're trying to accomplish? So in our community, we have some people that want to lose weight. We have some people that want to improve brain health. We have some people that want to slow aging down. We have some people that are trying to reboot, um, re you know, the dopamine receptors in their brain. So I advocate for six different length fasts and I, I map them all out in the book, but I talk about how you, your tool for fasting and my tool for fasting may be completely different. Okay. And that's okay. You know, in all nutrition and diets, we've been searching for this one size fits all. Right. There is no one size fits all. And especially when you look at women and our, and the complexities of our hormones, there is no one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah. Even woman by woman, like, but yeah. men and women alone, right. so you've got the different, different things going on with genetics yeah. and 
geography. Uh, yeah. So you mentioned brain health. Um, how, you know, with the rise of that being a major issue, it seems like, and I don't know if it correlates to your earlier comments around the no fat diet for the last 30 plus years, yeah. uh, there might be a causation correlation, but the, the fact that, you know, mental health and brain health, like at, um, arthritis, not arthritis, Alzheimer's, Alzheimer's and yeah. dementia are on the rise at a pretty aggressive pace. How does this help with brain health? Yeah, thank you for asking that because um, that's really out of my desire to improve metabolic health for the world. Um, you know, when we were in the pandemic, my desire to improve metabolic health was because it, it it really was an immune. If we could improve metabolic health, we could improve people's immune systems. As we come out of the pandemic, you know, the number one uh, topic on everybody's mind is mental health. Mm -hmm. And to your point about Alzheimer's, you know, women are more affected by Alzheimer's than men. Really? So, yeah. So we have to... Yeah, we can chat about that. And and you know, one out of three seniors are gonna are gonna die with Alzheimer's. So why is this happening? Yeah. And it's really twofold. First, Alzheimer's is being coined diabetes of the brain. Mm -hmm. So we got to get insulin and glucose under control. I don't know a better tool for getting insulin and glucose under control than fasting. Like, especially when you're dealing with a food addicted world. Um, yeah. it's really hard to make food changes, but I can take your food that you love. And at, if I ask you to put it into an eight hour eating window, leaving 16 hours for fasting research shows us that you actually won't see elevations to insulin, hemoglobin, A1C, glucose, cholesterol, blood pressure, like all those metabolic markers will are become not an issue even though you're eating a poor diet but you left you eat it in a short period leaving longer for fasting now your body can heal so when we look at alzheimer's we've got to get people metabolically healthy that's number one. Second thing is when you fast you are create something two two things one we talked about was autophagy um, and the second was ketones so ketones will go up into the brain and they will start to repair the neurons in the brain. Mm -hmm. And these neurons are carrying information back and forth between, I mean, we have trillions of neurons. So when we look at where Alzheimer's exists, Alzheimer's exists in the hippocampus and it's protected by a blood brain barrier. We don't, they stop looking for Alzheimer's medications because the blood brain barrier is too hard to pass. Well, guess what can get through the blood brain barrier is a ketone. So it can go into that part of the brain where these plaques form with Alzheimer's and it can start to repair the neurons so they don't degenerate. So you literally have taken two of the biggest issues for Alzheimer's and you've handled it just by teaching somebody to fast. And I guess to the point of the metabolic issues out there, the metabolic chaos that seems to be exploding, it then scales to all those other corollary diseases. I would That's say. right. That's right. I mean, we've got the <clears throat> chronic disease issue. I mean, we thought we had an immune system issue. We have a chronic disease problem. And if there's anything the pandemic showed us is that the world is not healthy. And so we thought it was a viral problem. Yes, the vir virus was new. Yeah. But we, it landed on bodies that were already not healthy. Well, and so that was my theory, not to throw out my penny and a half on the whole thing. I'm not, a, I don't have any acronyms after my name, but it was like, to me, that exposed the weakest 
link in any person because the symptoms were so different and the, and the outcomes on, on what somebody looked like. I mean, there were some common denominators clearly um, with elderly and overweight, but I mean, it seemed like the expression, like my wife and I got it, we responded totally different. Mm. And to me, it was just, that's my, that's my thesis uh, behind it. But it, to me, it kind of affirms what you're saying is, yeah. is, you know, what's going on with, with the underlying conditions that it just exposed how severe we've got it globally yeah. or nationally. Yeah. I mean, it, I, when we first went into the pandemic, I've been trying to get the world to take, to prioritize their health for years. That was part of my practice and mm -hmm. why I've written so many books. And, um, I thought, oh my God, this is amazing. Finally, people are like inside their house. They're going to have to take care of their health. And yet we had no messaging coming from our leaders of any country really talking about, here's what you can do. Yeah. So, the opposite. The opposite. Yeah, yeah. Sit and wait until we find a drug for you. And, you know, we have a lot more power than that. Our body is a lot, has a lot more it can do um, to heal itself that we just don't, we're not highlighting. And what I love about fasting is that once you start to see results with it, you, you can't give the credit to anybody but yourself. Like, cause you're the only one that did it. It wasn't the food. It wasn't, it was literally, it's a way for people to tap into their own healing power. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, is there a downside? Yeah, so um, there there are, there's no like long-term downsides, but I will tell you some, <laughs> some snags people get themselves in. So <laughs> the first is remember that you, when you start to learn to fast, you are speeding up the healing process inside the body. And sometimes healing is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So let's use a fever as an example. All a fever is, is the body senses there's bacteria or a virus and it needs to raise its temperature to burn that infection out. But yet it's not very comfortable. So nobody likes a fever, but it's a necessary mechanism to be able to burn out an infection. With fasting, we see some of those same mechanisms show up. So when somebody first learns to fast, sometimes they can get brain fog. Sometimes people get rashes. Some hmm. people um, get constipated. Um, some people will hold on to weight. These are rare. Um, but that's really, in the book, I talk about how do you course correct through all of that because that's just showing detox pathways are shut. There's a lot of hacks you can you can use. Yeah. So I would say the first one is any adverse reaction that shows up, there's a reason for it um, because your body's made to fast. You just got to go hunting for that reason. Not necessarily a bad thing per se. No, not a bad it's thing. More the, the bad stuff's getting out. That's right. The bad stuff's getting out and it's struggling to get out. So you don't feel good. So you got to, you got to give it some assistance. The second area that we see problematic is people fall in love with fasting, which is amazing. And they do the same fast over and over again. Mm. So this is kind of how the birth of my whole YouTube channel, how it, it it launched, was that all the people who had read Jason Fung's book, The Obesity Code. Have you read that book? I haven't. I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it. it yeah, it's a really great book. And and to the listeners who are wanting to know, like, you know, where the birth of fasting for weight loss came from, Jason Fung was really the first one to bring it to us. So in the obesity code, um, he he really talked about how important compressing your eating window was. And we ended up with a whole like movement of what we call one meal a day people. 
I call them O matters. They were doing the same one meal. They'd only eat dinner over and over again. They lost tremendous amount of weight, but then they got stuck. Mm-hmm. And so all those people found my YouTube channel and they started learning how to do what I recommend, which is a fasting variation. Okay. So the, I think the most important thing is for people to understand once you get a rhythm with fasting, you need to vary your fasts. And fast like a girl is all about how women should vary it because we need to vary it different than men. So, so that, those are the only problems, but you know, it's really like sleep, you know, so, sleep is good for everybody, but not everybody can do it easily. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, you've got the different chronotypes, right? And yeah. sometimes we have different windows of what's optimal for each person. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of going, I guess, like the intermittent windows on whether it's five, seven, eight hour windows of eating yeah. for person or, or goal. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it really highlights um, a concept in healthcare that more people are talking about, which is um, personalized healthcare. Yeah. You know, this idea that we go into our doctor's office and our and they take a measurement and all of a sudden our blood pressure, our cholesterol is high and we all go on the same medication. You know, there's a, a lot of different reasons why blood pressure goes up. There's a yeah. lot of different reasons why cholesterol goes up. Genetics is only one of those. Like with cholesterol, women, in order to make estrogen in the first part of our cycle, our body actually naturally raises cholesterol in order to make estrogen. Well, if a woman walks into her doctor's office at day nine of her cycle, when her body's got cholesterol at at its highest, is the doctor looking at the fact that maybe the high cholesterol is due to where she is in her cycle? Wow. These are kind of the things that need to change in healthcare. Yeah. So we have to start to look into the nuance like that and find our own unique path. Yeah. I mean, and to, to pull on that thread from the, the women's perspective, my understanding too, and other guests I've had on is that a lot of the macro science data doesn't account for that at all. Uh, and a lot of times it's test, things are tested on men and then applied to women. When That's the technology right. is wildly different. Like yeah. I think I had a bass guest say we're like four different people in a month based on cycles. So yeah. it's can you can you pull on that a little bit, you know, in your book on supporting women's health in that regard? Yeah. So the thing about and 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 what I'm hoping will the conversation that will crack open when Fast Like a Girl comes out is that our sex hormones, progesterone, estrogen, and testosterone need vastly different things from us. Men, you you guys are really driven by testosterone. Testosterone goes up into your brain and converts into estrogen. And it gives you, you know, you're also driven by estrogen, whether you're aware of it, but you need testosterone in your body to make estrogen. Women, we have three hormones that need vastly different things that are made in vastly different parts. So let me give an example. Estrogen needs glucose to be low. So great for fasting, great for keto. When you bring glucose down, estrogen can go up. Progesterone's completely the opposite way. The week before your cycle, you actually raise your body naturally raises its glucose naturally makes itself more insulin resistant so it can make progesterone. Now ask any woman this and she'll tell you, I crave carbs the week before my cycle. Yeah. 
She craves chocolate the week before a cycle because she needs magnesium. She craves carbs so she can bring glucose up. Once her period starts, give her a couple of days. She's not hungry. Yeah, because estrogen wants you to bring down glucose. And then with testosterone, testosterone really, there's no foods that, that can accelerate it, but testosterone really needs support from the liver and the gut and needs your toxic load to be low. Okay. So if you're eating a lot of toxins, you're going to tank your testosterone, both men and women will. Um, but each one of these sex hormones has a different personality, has a different requirement. So when we look at women that are eating the same, fasting the same, exercising the same throughout our whole cycle, it makes no sense. So they almost have to have different menus for each of the the weeks, really, based on right. based on that, and and adapt it. So you're maybe not grabbing for the chocolate and grabbing for something else that that's right optimally support rather than oh you know yeah which is what the whole Darcy bar but <laughs> yeah don't don't do a better chocolate than that but yeah. Uh, yeah yeah but that's the whole premise of the book is showing when to eat and when to fast according to your hormones. Um, we are, we're rolling out an app with the book as well that will show people when to, what exercises diff, will be appropriate for women what, mm -hmm. for their cycle, what supplements are appropriate. We have a huge hormone illiteracy problem yeah. and it begins, it begins with women. We don't even understand our own hormones. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, I certainly don't, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, but you know, as, as a husband, uh, father of three girls, oh, uh, wow. yeah, so I need to know, I need to understand because, you know, how am I going to best support them? Yeah. And, and yeah. Yeah. I had a, a friend of mine who opened up a really cool clinic biohacking center in Oregon. And I went up there and gave a, a lecture on eating and fasting for women. And he was in the room and there was like four other men in the room and otherwise it was all women. And I told the men in the room, I said, sit tight because you're going to learn a lot about your wife. You'll learn a lot about your daughters. So I, that was in July. I just saw him this past weekend. And he said, I think your next book needs to be teaching men how to understand women's hormones. Cause he said, you just improved my mess, my marriage in that one talk you gave. I understood my wife's hormones and he's like, and I'm able to communicate with my daughter differently. And what awesome. I think in that cool, like yeah. what I think, think we don't know is Let's just take the, the menstrual cycle. Let's use like your daughter. How old are your kids? Your uh, daughters? 12, 14, and 16. Oh my God. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. Here's what you need to know. So if, the, if you knew their cycle, the front half of their cycle, day one through day 10 is when they are building estrogen. They, um, when estrogen builds, they're, they're, we're going to be pretty verbally, uh, outgoing, will be more gregarious, will be have better mental clarity. So it, you're going to feel more connected to us then. Okay. If you have a conflict that you need to address to us, you're going to want to come in during ovulation, which is somewhere between day 11 to day 15, because we have the max amount of estrogen. So we are going to be able to cog cognition wise, we're going to be able to really articulate ourselves to you. We have the max testosterone. So we have motivation to resolve conflict with you. Okay. And we have a little bit of progesterone where we're going to be calm. So if you actually with all of your daughters and even your, your wife, if you came in during ovulation 
with a conflict or any challenge you needed to discuss, you're going to have a more open and receptive brain at that time than any other time of the cycle. Wow. The week before their period, all the best thing you can do is just say kind things to them, love on them, know they're going to be a little bit where, you know, the week before a period, we can't, if cortisol goes up, we're more reactionary, mm-hmm. we, we're a little bit late, lazier is not the right word, but we're a little more inner, we might want to sit on the couch more, we're going to eat more carbs, but we definitely don't want to talk conflict with you. Right. That's, all right, I think you just saved my marriage and my right? with my daughters, like in, yeah. in three minutes. Uh, right. My brain is like kind of all over the place because like conflict management. I mean, yeah. that that's a huge, yeah. just understanding that context within within a family yeah. uh, and knowing when to address those hard things. Um, does, you, does your wife work? She does, yeah. yeah. So the other interesting thing I'm I'm learning for myself is that when you're in a work mode, um, both men and women are using testosterone in a work day. Okay. It's, it's what motivates us, drives us, gets us to do things. But what happens is at the end of the day, women really, well, both sexes, but especially women need to balance that testosterone out with estrogen. You bet you would benefit too from just, and, and I'll explain in a moment with a little bit of an uptick of estrogen, but I'll explain how that works. So okay. a woman at the end of the day, in order her to ba- for her to balance out all that testosterone, she needs to do something that brings her joy. She needs to verbally process, which you've probably already seen this, where she'll come and be like, the, all these things happen to me during the day. Um, she needs to get on the phone and talk to a friend. She needs to do anything that fills her up with love and joy. You give her anywhere from a half an hour to an hour, and you're going to have a totally different wife. A man at the end of a testosterone-driven day, he needs to go and withdraw. You know, he needs to go into a man cave. He maybe needs to go work out. He wants to sit and watch sports. It sounds completely sexist, but this is the way that these hormones drive us. So now let's take two working, a husband and wife that are both working. Yeah. At the end of the day, she wants to chat with you and you want to withdraw. And you're both trying to rebalance the testosterone that you used in that day. So you're both working within your chemical system but where that's where all these arguments start. Yeah, there's just, yeah that. I mean, that's awesome. That's just amazing to me. Yeah, uh, the design of the two, how different it is, and yeah. even understanding that not simple but straightforward, complex situation to how to better respond and, and kind of affirmation. I would think is like it's okay that I feel like I want to. I need a moment to recharge and yeah. like get off to the side for a moment and just be introverted a bit. Uh, Conversely, uh, affirming that for women and my wife, uh, for me to understand that she wants to really kind of unload the day or, you know, and and communicate. So a couple of ways that my husband and I do this is 
first understand when she's unloading the day she literally what she's doing is bringing her brain back into balance she's raising estrogen you don't need to fix anything you're going to want to fix it but if you just let her just talk and then you just say how can i support you do you want to go take a bath do you need to go for a walk like give her an opportunity to do something that brings her joy and you're going to have a, a, a much happier wife for the rest of the evening and even into the next day um, with my, so what I say to my husband sometimes is I'll say, you know what? It's been a big day. I just, I need to just go and do something and withdraw you know, our kids are out of the house now, but you know, I need to do something that just kind of reboots my brain and I'll be back. So he understands what I'm doing it as opposed to taking it personal. And yeah. that I think once we understand our hormones, we can have that kind of conversation and it doesn't become a personal fight. Yeah. Cause I mean, I think, you know, I was having this conversation with a friend of like communication is the root of all problems and like, yeah. but understanding the underlying why that you're talking about so that you can just have the be- better words to even communicate how you feel at the time, as opposed That's to, right. well, a lot of times it probably doesn't work out that way. Yeah. Or even think about, think about your 16 year old. You know, that's a tough age yeah. for a 16, you know, this being a teenager, especially a teenage girl right now is not what it was when I was 16. So when she comes home, if you have something that you really need to get across to her, spend some time talking to her about something that lights her up. Mm. Do that first, give her, give her 20 minutes to talk about something that brings her joy and then try to come in with something that's a little more like, Hey, we got to talk about your grades or you didn't clean up or whatever. But if she comes home from a day of school and you go in with, Hey, you know, you didn't do this, 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 and this, her brain is going to shut down and you're going to get nowhere. (laughs) I cannot confirm or deny experiencing that at all. (laughs) Well, I, you know, I wish I had known it with my teenage daughter, who's now 22. I would have, I would have parented a lot different in her teenage years. Well, this is really illuminating because like, I never would have thought that fasting and understanding, you know, between fasting and the cycles that, that, you know, the, the benefit, right. Yeah. Life, uh, yeah. not just kind of the, the medical health side of it and how that correlates. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm hoping with this book is that it's going to be a conversation starter. You know, there's the first part of the book is really about the science of fasting. It's great for both men and women. Mm-hmm. And then I, the, the middle part, I dive into hormones and I, I feel like once women understand, we understand our hormones, then we can start talking like this yeah. with the men in our lives. Um, and I also, I, you know, I, I, I laugh cause I, I came up with the name fast, like a girl, just cause I, I strongly feel like, just like we throw different, we do a lot of things different because of our mechanics. That's why we should fast different. But I really think men will get a lot of, out of this book too, especially if they're trying to understand their women in their lives. Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, regardless of the domain of engagement, like men and women, we make up half and half roughly of society and, and you're going to run into it. So at least ha- being yeah. able to be able to empathize uh, and then who doesn't want to enhance their family life. Right. Exactly. Like, no, yeah. Nobody gets into marriage and having a family to have a miserable time with it. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So I, that's huge. Um, yeah. And just like, if, if you think about it, just like we're eating and fasting, if a woman's not doing it in accordance with her hormones, we also are doing that in our day-to-day in our relationships like we're going you're you're going up against conflict um or or connection 
at perhaps a different, uh, a, a wrong hormonal time. And so you're going to get a pushback. I had a, I had a woman, uh, a flight attendant uh, came up to me on a, on a plane flight a couple of weeks ago. And she said, when she read my other book, The Menopause Reset, she realized that she might have not divorced her husband. Oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, because she understood her hormones. She understood what she was going. She got divorced at 45. She's like, I got, I started to understand what hormonally I was going through. And I wish I could have gone back and explained that to my husband. Yeah. That's profound. That is profound. And it kind of amplifies my thought a second ago of like, it's relationship driven, not just the science of it, like understanding ourselves better, that awareness factor. Um, changes the context of a lot of things right right yeah it's it's really cool and especially as a dad of three yeah yeah you know you definitely are gonna want it the more you can understand it the more you guys can talk more they can understand it yeah um the more you can have conversations and it's not personal it's getting to know yourself and your hormones well and i think if we want to be a fully engaged i'll speak from the dad perspective obviously but you know we've made some of these things taboo to the point where you, you lose relationship because of it. I think with your kids and you can't be a fully present father. If we make female hormones weird or conversely moms and their sons, like it, like we have to be able to address that uncomfortable conversations in a constructive and healthy way, you know, self-reflecting to be a better dad, to be able to empathize and work with them better and, yep. and just create deeper relationships. Yep. Yeah. So, so like one of the things that I, I recommend is know your, know your daughter's cycle, know your wife's cycle so that you can see where like definitely the week before her period, just, just nurture her, just, mm -hmm. you know, just be kind. And if there's something that really needs to be a, a handled, do it at maybe ovulation day 10 to 15. Like if you know that, then you're going to have a better door into their, to her brain. And then everybody's going to synergize more. So it's really cool concept once you start to gather it. And it's not that difficult to understand. You just have to kind of know the parts of, of her cycle. And you might start even just asking like your wife to track their cycles. And then you could just say, hey, what part of the cycle are they at right now? And then you'll start to see the pattern. That's incredible. I appreciate that insight and uh, uh, look forward to applying it. <laughs> yeah. Let me know. Report yeah. back. Let me know how it works. So yeah. when, it, excuse me, when is your uh, book due to release? It comes out December 27th. Okay. So, um, and we are going to do some really fun things in January for people who have the book. Uh, we're going to, if anybody ever wanted to try a three-day water fast, we're going to do a worldwide water fast with the help of Hay House, who's the publisher of the book. Uh, we'll do that the first week of January. And then I'm going to take people through, there's a 30 day reset in it where they can go through different level fasts. I'm going to take people through that. So it's really important to me that this book doesn't just collect dust on yep. somebody's shelf. I want people to use it and put it into action. So the fact that it's coming out at the end of the year, the fact that a lot of people have health goals in the new year, that's what we're trying to get out to the world so that you, that people can start off the year right. I, I think that's, it's a huge opportunity uh, for everyone. Um, and and the, the depth of it is, again, it's not just about eating windows. There's, there's so much more right. to it and, and the impact at scale. So true. Yeah. Mindy, I, I, I really appreciate your time. I think I could probably keep talking to you further. We're kind of coming up on the hour, but um, 
I usually like to close things out with a few questions, a bit of a hot seat, not, or maybe Love it. mildly hot. Uh, what are you reading right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, since I'm on hormones, I'm actually reading one, the, an old book. It's called Woman. And it's won a Pulitzer Prize, which is AKA it's written really, really well. Um, so I'm definitely deep into that book right now, just cause I'm down, I'm, I'm working on my next book, um, which will be on the changes that happen to the female brain after 40, as we go through menopause. Okay. So, so that's kind of the, the hot book that I'm reading right now for me. Okay. Okay, cool. So what are you listening to right now? Be it music or podcast? Oh gosh. Podcast. Uh, I'm all over the map on podcasts. Um, it takes a lot to hold my attention. Yesterday I was on a, on a plane. I was listening to David Sinclair, who's got, you know, a neuroscientist. Um, and then I moved over. I've been, um, really trying to understand Lisa Moscone's work with the XX brain. Okay. Um, it's all about, and so she was on Sean model. I don't, I have so many. I love, um, I'm not, I can't say that there's one specific one, but yeah, those are kind of what I saw, what I listened to yesterday. Okay, great. Uh, what's your go-to rest and recovery method? My go-to what? Rest and recovery method. Oh, um, okay. Well, this, again, this is mine. I have a hyperbaric oxygen at, ch chamber at my house. Very cool. And I go in that. Um, I would say my other one is walking. I'm a huge, I started walking throughout the pandemic just to calm my nervous system. So I would say walking is also a big one for me. Okay, great. Well, Mindy, thank you so much again for your time, expertise. Look forward to uh, when the book comes out. And uh, I think uh, I'll be placing an order for at least four, it sounds yeah, like. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, Scott. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for the opportunity. And, you know, I would just say from the women, thank you for caring. I mean, you obviously have a high motivation because you have four women around you, but I just feel like um, if we could all understand ourselves, each other from our hormonal lens, it really, relationships will be smoother. So thank you for, for caring. Yeah, absolutely. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Rest and Recovery Podcast. Please share this information far and wide. Rate, review, would appreciate all of the support. Uh, and thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can also check out episodes on any of your favorite podcast platforms, such as Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Or you can check out the website at www.berestedbewell.com. Thanks and have a great day.